Hello there, welcome to another episode of the Max Jankar Show. In this one, we are going to talk about how to be more attractive so you can either get back with your ex faster or in a basically sooner find someone who is perhaps even better than your ex. Someone who you can fall in love with, have a great relationship with, and live happily ever after and whatnot. Here's the deal. There are three things that you have to take care of, mainly, to become more attractive. And these are lifestyle, emotional health, and calibration. I'll explain what these elements are one by one. But just to give you a quick intro, together, these three elements form what's called your identity, which, as you've probably heard me talk about time and time again on my blog, on my YouTube channel, on my podcast show, is arguably the most important determinant of a person's overall attractiveness. To put it in a general statement, the higher quality identity you embody, the more likely it is that your ex will reach out or that you will attract someone even better into your life. The more times you will be able to slip up and maybe say say something stupid or do something unattractive um, without the other person just promptly rejecting you, you also ultimately become someone who people in general want to hang out more, the higher quality identity, like I said, you embody. Whereas, of course, on the flip side, the lower quality identity you embody, the worse you you are going to have it in your relationships, in all of your relationships, familial, romantic, as well as platonic or simply friendships. So, what is this first part? of being attractive, this lifestyle element that I alluded to just a little bit earlier. Well, the way you want to think about it is that lifestyle, it encompasses your hobbies and your interests, your style and your looks, your career, your successes, your social and family life, and probably most importantly, your values your beliefs, your worldviews, the attitude by which you basically live your day-to-day life. Basically, the things that you consciously or unconsciously choose to find important. Now, why is lifestyle so important? Well, think about it in this way. Who would you perhaps like to date more? A dull, needy, unambitious deadbeat who has nothing going for them or this other person who is well-traveled, educated, confident, has really interesting hobbies, has a somewhat successful career that they actually enjoy and actually has a very loving and meaningful social or and or family life. Exactly. You would pick someone that is of the latter sort. You would pick someone who has those areas that I just listed handled in a good way. 
That's pretty obvious. Now, this is also very important to become someone like this. Because it will also help you not only attract people into your life, or if you, in the case of you wanting your ex back, reattract them. This identity is also what will ultimately help you maintain your relationships specifically, or particularly, romantic ones. And you see this principle reflected time and time again when you look at just, let's say, successful or semi-successful relationships. People who are similar to each other in terms of lifestyle will usually date one another. So, poor people usually date poor people. Fitness fanatics usually date other fitness fanatics. Ambitious intellectuals usually date other ambitious intellectuals. Uh, Religious nuts, they usually date other religious nuts as well. Uh, Those spiritual people usually date other semi-spiritual or at least spiritual in a similar, similar way people. Now, this doesn't mean that, for instance, um, you must be rich and successful to mend things with a rich and successful ex. No, I'm, I'm just saying. You've got to have at least something going on in that department. The more, the merrier. But it doesn't mean you just have to already achieve all of your goals to find or to attract or reattract someone that you want. Anyway, do not go and ba- blabber on about this for, well, quite a long time. Let's move on to emotional health. Emotional health is, again, one of the most crucial elements of your identity, and it has many facets. It is, at its core, or at least the facets that form its core, it means becoming high-value, a high-value non-needy person, meaning someone who is more concerned with what they think of themselves than what other people think of them. Someone who prioritizes their own values and opinions and desires and ambitions over the opinions and desires and the values and the ambitions of their ex, their friends, the other people they're dating, stuff like that. Being or having high emotional health also relates to overcoming a lot of these limiting beliefs like I'm not good enough for my ex. I'm not good enough to find someone better. I'll never find someone better than my ex. Stuff like that. As well as it also means overcoming insecurities, shame, anxieties, like, for example, social anxiety, your anxiety to approach people, to engage people in a meaningful and impactful conversation. It also means getting good at asserting boundaries, so standing up for yourself, standing up for what is right, not letting other people disrespect you, and of course, growing vulnerable to the point of, like, raw fearlessness. You've probably heard me talk about this concept a lot of the times on, well, the channels that I'm active on, and this is for good reason, because all the other shit that we talked about, boundaries, limiting beliefs, being non-needy, vulnerability is usually the solution, it's not an end-all be-all by any means, but it is a really powerful solution to all of those issues, and when I say being vulnerable, I'm simply referring to the ability to express your opinions, your desires, your thoughts unabashedly, and expect nothing, no specific response, or even a response 
in return. That's what I mean. So let me give you a few examples. Let me, let me read off from a cute little list that I made for you a few examples of what these things that I listed, these elements, important core elements of emotional health, how they relate and, well, how they pan out in the real world. That's a good way to put it. So if your ex, for example, keeps disrespecting you, you simply communicate that if they don't cut it out, you're going to end the date. That's, for example, a good example of setting a boundary. Or if your ex keeps stringing you along or is trying to use you and, well, you simply stop going out with them. Again, a boundary. If your ex found themselves in a rebound, in a rebound relationship, and you think, hey, it's their loss, I'll probably find someone better eventually, that's, for example, overcoming limiting beliefs, that's what this example relates to. If your ex wants to befriend you, you tell them it's romance or you're simply not interested, that's, for example, being vulnerable. If your ex maybe grabbed your hand and pulled you close and you go for the kiss, again, that's vulnerability, that's what you want to be doing. If your ex is hot and cold or is like giving you mixed signals, well, you polarize them and force them to settle on either one side, either hot or cold, meaning you, for example, a good example of polarization would be when you pull away when your ex as well also uh, pulls away. In this case, they would either, well, force you, you would force them to either fall on one side, which is they would continue to ignore you or keep you blocked or keep you simply in this gray miasma where you don't really know where you stand or you polarizing them could also uh, push them on the other side which is that they stop pulling away and actually come closer emotionally they maybe open themselves up for you maybe they reach out to you that's what i mean again this is a good example of being vulnerable of overcoming your fear of loss, for example, as well, your insecurity around losing your ex for good. Or another example, if your ex ever tells you that you'll never find anyone better, right? And you laugh it off and you move on thinking like, how the fuck did I ever date such a clueless dipshit or a person like this, a mean person like this? This is, again, overcoming of limiting beliefs relating to your self-worth. Or one last example, just for good measure, so you really know what emotional health looks like in the real world. Let's say your ex doesn't return your call. Well, in this case, you do not fuss about it. You quickly pivot to something more substantial, something more important, and you go about living your life. That's, for example, a... Well, that's actually a combination of almost all everything we talked about. Being non-needy, overcoming a bunch of limiting beliefs around how you need your ex or how you can't find anyone better. It's asserting a boundary. It's being vulnerable. You get a point. These are the sort of responses you should have and you can expect to have when you get your emotional health in order. Now, when you try to handle yourself, to improve yourself in the emotional health department, here's the thing, here's the trick, 
if you cannot see any sufficient development in, let's say, a few months, in a few weeks, if you just cannot increase your emotional health by yourself, no matter what you do, there's no shame whatsoever in seeking assistance of a psychologist. You rush to the doctor when you break a leg, so why not rush to a psychologist psychologist when your thoughts are not making you any healthier? That's all I'll say on this topic. Now let's move on to calibration. Now calibration essentially refers to your smoothness or in the old school dating or pickup terms, it it refers to your game. Uh, When you're interacting either with your ex, with someone you fancy, with just about anyone that is a potential date, a potential um, mate. And when I say calibration, I'm referring to an accumulation of attractive behaviors, like how quickly can you spark an intrigue um, emotional investment? How quick and how good are your comebacks? How quickly can you make your ex feel safe and comfortable around you? How quickly can you make them feel at ease? How quickly can you notice their emotions? You can notice when their attraction for you drops and kind of gauge their feelings for you? How quickly can you impact them emotionally? How powerful of an emotional bond you can form with them? How intense your conversations can become in a healthy way? I'm not relate. I'm not referring to drama here. I'm referring to simply relating with each other on topics that are very personal, like perhaps childhood trauma or the trauma that you guys actually faced if you're if we're talking about an ex here that you're trying to mend things with the trauma you face in your relationship now calibration even applies to nonverbal communication and recognizing emotions and reactions and responses within yourself this is also very important to note like if you're not aware of your own thoughts and feelings you'll never be able to express them to your ex or your date or whomever congruently and in an attractive way. Now, while a quality lifestyle and a healthy, well, emotional health will naturally nurture the authenticity and the effectiveness of one's calibration, of one's game, of your game, right? You can also learn it in a vacuum, That is, without ever investing in lifestyle and emotional health. And this is something that a lot of people who digest breakup advice, specifically ex-back advice, this is where they go wrong. Because although that's a valid option that may lead to short-term reattraction success, it's not something that can lead to long-term reattraction success. It usually never ends well. The people who base their entire um, attempt of mending a relationship on just acting to be basically behaving in ways that are kind of manipulative, a little bit gamey, slimy, or they just obsess simply about details like tactics and lines and openers and what text to respond with to their ex, Usually those people don't 
get far in reattraction. I mean, think about it. There's no sense in fretting about busting out this ideal opener uh, or crafting the perfect text message or having a really cool comeback or something if you still feel emotionally dependent on your ex's validation, if you still don't have a lifestyle that can stand on its own, that if you're constantly being the type of person who just needs their ex in your life in general, someone who cannot not live without them, but who makes them the center of the world, who makes them a large source, probably a larger than it should be, of their happiness, that's where you just need to first take care of your lifestyle and emotional health and then move on to calibration or game, if you prefer to call it that way. So basically, to give you like a rule of thumb, 80% of the time, invest in emotional health, invest in lifestyle. More often than not, you can you can either invest 20% in calibration, but more often than not, even if you invest simply in emotional health and lifestyle, you're still probably gonna get way farther in reattraction and simply just being a more attractive person in general than the person who invests 100% of their time into calibration. So that's the gist. These are three very important elements for you to embody because like I said, they are the three components that form your identity and your identity is like really important, probably the most important thing when you're trying to become attractive. Remember, it's not what you do, it's not what you say, it's not how you look like, it's what you embody, what you stand for, the kind of values that you essentially take upon as your own, that's what matters, identity. Everything else is a pointless distraction or perhaps just something that's really unnecessary. That's it for this episode. Hope you learned something new. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'll see you in the next one. So that's it. Take care. Bye-bye.